and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I am the editor in chief of Fine Biometrics, where we are celebrating our 18th annual Year in Review event, a comprehensive analysis of the state of biometrics and digital identity, featuring interviews, industry survey data from over 900 respondents, featured articles, and of course, special episodes of the ID Talk podcast. That's why on this special Year in Review episode of ID Talk, I am pleased to present Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World founder Peter O'Neill in conversation with Courtney Gibson, CTO and CISO of BioConnect. The conversation begins with a look back on how BioConnect responded to the COVID-19 pandemic and its much-lauded mobile wellness declaration solution. Gibson goes on to discuss his company's collaborations with Mars Institute and the Canadian Digital Technology Supercluster, as well as the newest version of BioConnect Enterprise, before taking a look to the future of biometrics. It's a fascinating interview with a podcast favorite, so without further ado, I am pleased to present BioConnect's Courtney Gibson right here on ID Talk. Welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter O'Neill, and I am the president and founder of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World. And I'm very pleased to welcome our guest today, Courtney Gibson, who is the Chief Technology Officer and the Chief Information Security Officer at BioConnect. Welcome, Courtney. Peter, thank you very much for having me on today. Um, let's start off our conversation about the the crazy year that we've just you know gone through. Um, you know the year in wellness. Uh, it, obviously, the pandemic uh, presented the security industry with with a pretty massive challenge, putting hygiene and wellness at the at the front of organizations' minds. And and BioConnect responded quite quickly with the mobile wellness declaration solution. Now that it's been available through two waves of the coronavirus, how are enterprises faring with it as part of their access systems? It's uh, It certainly has been a, a crazy year. I think we, our customers have been faring well with it, and we've seen it roll out in applications ranging from commercial buildings through to long-term care. And uh, you know, I, I think we're all in this business to create new solutions to help keep people safer. And from that standpoint, it's been amazing to see technology come out so quickly to address a new problem that uh, that, that really is making a difference for, for places and people that uh, that needed, uh, needed to shift to address COVID. Um, I, I think one of the, um, one of the things that's been most interesting for me as I've seen this um, come out to market is is really the realization that this really isn't just a, it's not just a survey. This isn't uh, sort of a, uh, an add-on that uh, uh, with a clipboard that collects some employee feedback. It's really a new type of control. And specifically, it's, it's a digital control into physical security where you know people simply can't get into spaces until they uh, now declare not only who are they but how are they and uh, and is the answer to that question the right one that uh, that should give them access and it's um, I think of equal interest to me is really that this response to digitization has really opened up a lot of other questions for our customers this this survey also comes with apis that makes it easy to now reach out to users and and collect information in in a way that can be used not just for COVID uh, directly, 
uh, as an access decision, but uh, for other decisions around the organization as well. And we've, we've suddenly found adopters of this are asking questions of, can I reduce friction in time and attendance? Can I schedule my cleaning staff and my security guards better because I now have an easy way of of knowing positively who's coming into the building and and where are they moving. So it's uh, this digital transformation has been really interesting to see as well. Now that that door has opened, it's created a new pipe of communication and a new way that we can think about having a two-way flow with uh, with the users of our access systems. Now, now the, the, the mobile wellness declaration solution is also part of the BioConnect link, which uh, won the Security Industry Association's Best Emergency Emerging Technology Award this summer at ISC West. Congratulations on that. Thank you. What helped set your unified mobile access solution apart from the competition? And why is it so important for industry organizations to recognize new products like this? Maybe I'll start with the second part of that question first. I, I think it's... Uh, the work that SIA does to recognize new technologies like this, um, I, I think is just amazing. And it, it's, it's critical because it brings confidence to people, that gives them the confidence they need to adopt new technologies. There are other industries and other awards that we've seen that are sort of you know, handed out if you show up at the trade show, but, but SIA does a really concerted job of bringing a seasoned group, a seasoned community of professionals from across the industry together to really look at what's changing, what's new, what's important in terms of trends. And quite honestly, we were, you know, we were flattered and humbled to be selected. And it's, uh, but that those those seals of approval really give adopters of new tech the confidence to uh, to push forward and and to really look at some emerging new trends. So that uh, that I think is is a critical piece of those awards and and that uh, uh, that recognition. So to us, it, it certainly uh, meant a lot. I I think I can't speak to what happened in judging rooms, but I I suspect one of the things that helped set us apart was really that we've worked incredibly hard over the last couple of years to put this technology together really in a way that makes it very easy to consume change. And that really was one of the underlying things that we were looking at with this product was how do we, how do we help people along the process of transformation? Um, and, uh, but do it with tools that they're already using and interfaces that their users are already familiar with. Um, how do we bring together a bunch of existing technologies, but, but, do it in a way where uh, where we can really build some new security and and shift uh, shift the conversation forward on on technology change. So it uh, it was a huge honor for us, and uh, and it was uh, it was helpful in terms of opening doors to connect some uh, some people with the work that we've been doing. Well, you know, I, I couldn't agree more about SIA and their role in in our overall industry. Um, you know, they they're really one of the few big orgs that that accomplishes so much, and and uh, we work actively with them. So, totally in agreement on that front. Um, now, vaccines rollouts have many predicting that we will have the bulk of the pandemic behind us by next fall. What is the role of a solution like Wellness Declaration in a post-pandemic security landscape? 
Well, I, I think I think as with everybody else, once once we're done celebrating the end of COVID and that and that vaccine rollout, uh, I think our, our attention's going to shift to where I think this type of technology continues to move forward. And I, and I agree. I think you know my my sincere hope is that we're not answering COVID surveys to get through doors in another year. But I think there will continue to be, as I sort of phrased it earlier, I think there will continue to be a how are you component to access control for a while, whether that's, uh, you know, whether that's in future uh, sort of health decisions that are made, uh, you know, whether it's to address issues of employee hoteling and, and uh, you know, shifts in the workplace that I think we'll see for a while. But I think as I mentioned earlier, I think one of the most significant shifts in my mind is that um, things like this have opened a pipeline for users to directly participate in their access control systems in a way that they couldn't before. Previously, we'd hand out a card or we'd hand out a credential and it was sort of a one-way flow where uh, we'd put something in the employee's pockets, but there wasn't an easy way to um, to get feedback back. Um, and I think there's a few emerging trends that marry very well with this <clears throat> this creation of of sort of a two-way flow with uh, with users of access control systems. I think as as AI and as biometrics continue to grow, privacy legislation is going to continue to grow around them. And uh, as new technology comes out, it means that we will have a continuously shifting consent landscape that we need to navigate with the users of our systems. We need to keep up with explaining to the users of our access control systems what data is being gathered, how it's being used, what our retention policies are, and, and get their consent. And I think creating a channel into the pockets of our users means that we have a very easy way as we move technology forward to move the privacy and compliance conversations forward in a very easy manner along with it. So that's one of the things that we're certainly looking at evolving from sort of starting with, with simple surveys today. And I think as well, it also opens a door uh, with this flow back and forth to the user now to uh, to really create new paradigms for self-service. I, you know, when I when I leave my home, I can tell my thermostat that I'm going away and it manages my temperature in my house differently. If I'm going on vacation for a couple of weeks uh, from my job and I, you know, and I'm not going to be in my lab or I'm not going to be in a particular uh, you know, area of the building, it would seem that we should be able to manage security differently as well. So I think there's, there's some interesting work to be done on um, understanding how when we start to allow direct end user participation sort of um, in access control systems in a different way. How, how can we ask questions that we couldn't ask before? And, uh, and how can we do a better job of security with that? The future of physical security is here. Secure your organization with the industry's highest level of business continuity and security compliance at the lowest total cost of ownership. Reduce the risk of physical security breach by 50% by adding an extra layer of security to protect your enterprise's critical information, including doors, data centers, and network closets. BioConnect's vast partnership network and integrations enable frictionless deployments for even the most complex infrastructures, making it easier than ever to add biometrics and multi-factor authentication to your existing access control system. That's not all. BioConnect also protects your employees with the Wellness Declaration Solution, which is the perfect solution to ensure that organizations are following regulatory compliance as organizations look for ways to safely return to the office. Keep your organization and its facilities secure. 
To learn more, visit bioconnect.com slash unified slash find dash biometrics. And now, back to the podcast. Well, that, that leads well into a, a shift that I'd like to now move toward, and that is the year in trends. And in mm. Find Biometrics Year in Review survey uh, has identified partnerships and collaboration as key factors in the biometric industry's future success, including our own recent acquisition. Uh, much of 2020 saw BioConnect collaborating through very innovative alliances like the Mars Group in Toronto and the Canadian Digital Technology Supercluster. How have those two collaborations in particular helped position BioConnect for the future? I, uh, I I agree wholeheartedly on the collaboration front. I think you know, collectively we're all far far stronger together. Those those two partnerships have, uh, have, have been fantastic for us. Um, Mars is a is an amazing ecosystem of companies that are all uh, on a path to deliver change and in in a variety of different technologies and being able to partner with other companies that are also on a growth journey and exchange ideas and talk about trends and look at how we can work together has uh, has been amazing in and of itself and the team at Mars is also uh, has been fantastic for us really to uh, look at ways that they can push us to scale and uh, and really have been a continuous source of advisory perspective as we've looked to really uh, refine our messaging and our value prop and and how we um, how we look to um, define and deliver value to the market as you try to bring technology change in you're you're always having to start new conversations about new technology and having uh, having some outside perspective on that uh, as you go down that journey is, has been amazing for supercluster I think it's uh, it's also helped in a uh, a different but equally um, fantastic way for us this year it's um, it's really uh, their support has really allowed us to accelerate our own growth and and I think take some larger risks um, more rapidly as we've tried to quickly adapt to um, to COVID and the um, uh, the confidence with their support to be able to dive into some uh, some new changes faster has been good and uh, and certainly they've been able to open doors for us to let us reach out to some early adopters who. Uh, who really were in need of this technology, uh, but uh, you know, long-term care is an example. But uh, at the same time, they're they're facing a lot of other pressures with uh, you know with staffing and and um, operational changes. So having some uh, some help uh, through Supercluster to get technology in there was uh, was fantastic as well. So lots of uh, lots of support there, and uh, and certainly uh, lots of value from collaboration. Now, BioConnect is a recognized pioneer in converged security, something we've spoken about in the past and a very hot topic in our industry. And it's a, it's a concept at the core of digital transformation. In October, you launched the latest version of your converged access control platform, BioConnect Enterprise 5.0. How does this latest version reflect the evolving needs of enterprises trying to address their digital transformation needs? Well, I think we really tried to um, approach it from two angles. One, one was um, providing the tools for digital transformation. And, and our, our 5.0 platform um, really tries to connect together a number of the trends that we see emerging in the industry. And it, it brings together um, 
features related to art, you know, AI and, and predictive analytics and, uh, and some of the work that we're doing there uh, for automation and for security. It, uh, it brings together a lot of work on cybersecurity for physical access control systems to ensure that uh, you know, your access control system doesn't become a vector for, uh, for attacks into your networks. Um, and we are uh, we're tackling issues related to privacy and cloud and, and IoT as well. So on one side, um, 50 for us represented a rollout of tools that we believe will really help people tackle the change coming in uh, in digital transformation. But digital transformation really um, is a is a journey that everyone is on a different point on that path, and. In order to evolve, there's uh, for every enterprise, there's operational change, there's technology change, there's user behavior change that you need to drive within your enterprise. And, and that takes, it takes time and it takes energy to, to get there. And I think for us as well, our 5.0 platform uh, really tries to do something different in terms of providing a consumption path for those customers to move along their journey of digital transformation at a pace that makes sense to them. Not everyone is ready to immediately jump to the cloud or to um, start, uh, you know, changing, you know, introducing new technology into users' pockets or uh, shift their uh, their operational behavior. And uh, and it'll take some time um, for uh, for some people to uh, to move along that path. What we've really tried to do is extend our previous work with our on-prem system and and make it a, a seamless experience for users to start to consume some of these new technologies. So, you know, if you want to start to use mobile, if you want to start to use cloud-based data analytics, if you want to start to use uh, uh, more advanced uh, privacy or compliance tools, uh, it doesn't require you to move data off your premise onto, uh, onto the cloud. It doesn't require you to uninstall some piece of software and move it somewhere else. Uh, doesn't require you to move your devices and reconfigure them all to uh, to point to a cloud service. Um, we, we're keeping our main on-prem service where it is, and it's continuing to provide the core functionality that our users have always enjoyed. And we're building out new features in the cloud, but uh, we're doing it in a way where your on-premise system can just flip a switch and, and start to consume um, what you need rather than forcing people into a, a particular path or a particular shift that uh, they may not be ready for. Boy, Courtney, I think we could spend a whole podcast just exploring all of that in much more depth because I, there, there's a number of things you mentioned in there. You know, the, the, it, it's such a fascinating topic and it's one we've been following for quite some time. But another trend that we've, we've seen accelerated by mostly the pandemic uh, is the enthusiasm for touchless biometrics. Mm -hmm. BioConnect Enterprise 5.0 supports Suprema's new face station. F2 biometric terminal, which is a contact terminal featuring fusion multimodal biometrics. What are the important things to look for in a contactless biometric solution and what deployment scenarios are best suited for that kind of security? Well, I think there's really three layers to making a decision around any technology adoption. And um, it starts with performance. Um, when uh, we had an opportunity to look at a, a number of different technologies as we look to pick our, our next uh, next reader to uh, to integrate in. Um, and in particular, we were COVID was uh, front of mind as we were looking at people's needs to 
not only bring in new uh, touchless technology, but also couple it with the potential need to do thermal scanning or, or deal with people wearing face masks and uh, and how that interacts with uh, with the biometrics. And uh, we spent a lot of time looking at uh, looking at the underlying performance because there was uh, you know we talked about our own rapid changes uh, within our own technology. The whole industry is you know had to rapidly adjust to change and. Um, you know, there, there were a couple of options we looked at that simply, uh, you know, didn't, didn't meet the performance standard that we were expecting. And I, you know, we, we spent a lot of time with our team looking at the F2 as that came in and, uh, you know, running all sorts of tests of, you know, putting face masks into freezers and heating them up and, uh, um, you know, uh, looking at, uh, you know, up, up in Canada here, it gets uh, cold enough in the winter that, uh, you know, free, freezing eyeglasses and putting them on our faces and then doing temperature mm-hmm. scans and things just just to see really how does um, how does the change that we've introduced into some of the biometric technology and uh, thermal scanning and that sort of thing, does it uh, does it actually work outside of the lab in practice? And uh, uh, we're pleased with the F2. I think uh, part of it is uh, really just looking at the performance that you're going to get out of the system. The uh, a platform approach to us is has really been central to our approach to bringing technology to market as well. It's uh, technology is a shifting line in the sand. Security is a shifting line in the sand. Compliance and privacy are a shifting line in the sand, and we need to contend with all of those. And we've um, uh, we've really shied away from point to point integrations that uh, lock into a specific manufacturer and. Um, we have, uh, as we've rolled out various solutions over the years, uh, whether they're mobile or uh, for data centers or uh, uh, or more traditional on-prem physical access, it's uh, it's really been a platform-based approach for us. That means we can uh, continue to evolve technology and and not force our users to do major shifts, but let them sort of gradually introduce things as they need it. And uh, and the last the last for me is really, and I think this is going to continue to be more and more important as privacy legislation evolves, um, is is really a look at how a technology that you're looking at, how does it integrate with your other systems? Is it creating a new isolated island of data or an isolated island of identity that is going to then cause you downstream problems when you need to address privacy or compliance issues? If uh, if I have Peter O'Neill in my system as an access card and a fingerprint template, uh, you know, in one building and another set of access cards for another building and maybe a facial biometric for a third building, uh, and and you have a number of digital accounts as well. If if those are all discrete things that someone needs to manually link together, uh, it becomes a, a real challenge to effectively deploy privacy and compliance controls across your organization. So for us, the unification of uh, digital and physical um, existing systems and and biometric systems means that we can present one pool of identities. And there's just there's one Peter O'Neill that I then need to manage within my system. And if you um, if you come with privacy questions, or if I need to answer compliance questions, um, I, I'm dealing with uh, you know with with one individual and and one source of data, which uh, makes things much easier. The future of physical security is here. Secure your organization with the industry's highest level of business continuity and security compliance at the lowest total cost of ownership. Reduce the risk of physical security breach by 50% by adding an extra layer of security to protect your enterprise's critical information, including doors, 
data centers, and network closets. BioConnect's vast partnership network and integrations enable frictionless deployments for even the most complex infrastructures, making it easier than ever to add biometrics and multi-factor authentication to your existing access control system. That's not all. BioConnect also protects your employees with the Wellness Declaration Solution, which is the perfect solution to ensure that organizations are following regulatory compliance as organizations look for ways to safely return to the office. Keep your organization and its facilities secure. To learn more, visit bioconnect.com slash unified slash find dash biometrics. And now, back to the podcast. I'd like to, to now focus a little bit on, on the future, if, if we may, in, in sort of summarizing our conversation. Uh, let's take a look at what lies ahead for biometrics, and given how transformative uh, 2020 has been. How do you expect biometrics and unified mobile access will play a role in our lives over the next, let's say, three to five years? Sure. Well, I, I think there's, I think in my mind, it's clear there's going to be continued growth. And I, I think it comes from a, a number of places. I think distributed workforce is going to uh, continue to create opportunities for biometrics as people are, uh, we, we previously, maybe unconsciously, had placed a lot of trust in people simply because they were inside a physical building. They'd made it inside, so we'll, you know, we'll give them access to, to things and, and to data and to places. The, um, I think work from home is going to continue to be, um, to be prevalent for, uh, for the coming years. I think a uh, number of companies are, are looking more at, uh, you know, shifting how and where they use, uh, use space. And, uh, that may either result in lower density of employees in, in facilities, or, or it may result in, you know, more fragmented, uh, you know, locations as people start to work in more places. And as people start to work off campus, um, the, the need to move identity uh, in a trusted way out to users, I think, means biometrics is going to continue to play a strong role there. Um, and I think we're going to need stronger identity assurance of other people who come into our um, our enterprises, whether it's contractors, whether it's visitors. Um, I think uh, I think biometrics will continue to play a strong role there in helping to bridge identity uh, in ways that it hadn't before. Um, I, I think as well, there's going to be a, a continued adoption. I think COVID has accelerated the tech adoption cycle for a lot of people. And I, I think that will inevitably lead a, uh, to a rise in, in mobile technology playing into uh, the space as well. And I think what we're going to see there is, is a rise in mobile biometrics, um, uh, potentially over traditional uh, mount on the wall reader uh, biometrics, um, simply because Mobile will have a tech refresh cycle that uh, uh, that will seem more appealing, I, I think, for general access uh, applications. So I think that's that's a biometric trend that we'll probably see continue over the next uh, few years. And as I said earlier, I think bringing biometrics in to allow a unification of digital and physical identity will will be important as well. It will uh, allow us to adjust to a shifting com compliance and privacy landscape much faster. Well, you know, th those are great comments, Courtney, because we're, we're seeing exactly that same kind of thing. And, it, and as you mentioned, it's all happening so much faster now, uh, especially the, the remote aspect of everything. Can we talk a little bit about some of the challenges 
that uh, our industry will be faced with. You mentioned already the privacy sort of overlay. Right. Um, but what are some of the other, with all this growth, as with any industry, we know that uh, rapid growth presents challenges and, and often, you know, um, it, it requires some sort of catch up uh, to, to address some of these challenges. But could you spend just a minute sort of reviewing that with us? Sure. I think, uh, well, I mean, you uh, certainly pri privacy in my mind is, is, is clearly one of them. And I, I think maybe to expand on that a little bit, the we still need to we still need to move uh, down the road, I think, you know, through understanding, acceptance, trust, you know, and, and consent management really around biometrics and uh, and how they intersect with uh, with privacy legislation. And I, even just talking to talking to customers, talking to other industry partners, I think there's a fair amount of confusion and a fair amount of uncertainty just around how some of the evolving legislation is going to impact the application of biometrics for security. And I think I've, I've always strongly felt that there are, uh, we, we use the term biometrics and, and really there's a few umbrellas that uh, the biometric technology can fall under. There's sort of surveillance type activities, there's uh, you know, kind of marketing tracking kind of activities and, and there's security activities. And I think for those of us working in the, in the latter category of biometric security, I think we need to we need to work hard now on making sure that we're adopting practices around ownership of biometrics that really belong to the the people who whose fingers and faces we're 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 using in our in our systems. We need to work hard on really establishing ownership and uh, and uh, stewardship of data and an understanding of, of flows and technologies so that we can really. Uh, show to um, consumers of the technology and the end users of the technology that uh, we can create good safe controls around how things are being collected and used so that that is certainly one um, uh, one challenge i think outside of outside of privacy just specific to access control i think one of the other challenges is um, is just going to be around uh, looking at the role that um, technology can play in helping to build more of a um, a sense of continuous um, trust uh, within organizations i think uh, as uh, i think COVID is going to cause a lot of companies to rethink the borders of their enterprise and i think we will uh, see turnstiles start to push out closer to sidewalks and uh, you know and and a uh, more controlled zone inside uh, you know lobbies and atriums than maybe we had before and um there's going to be some uh, some challenges, I think, that biometrics can address that that really can help um, create additional controls inside those uh, slightly uncontrolled spaces that uh, that can really provide some assurance about where people are moving and how people are moving. I think we uh, we're going to see a real push for people who want to get rid of the concept of tailgating. Uh, you know, we don't want just a barrier at the outside, but but a real knowledge of what's happening inside our organization, and we can't interrupt people's days with card swipes all day long to uh, to achieve that. So I think there's a challenge and an opportunity there as well. Well, you know, and Courtney, I think uh, as you mentioned all these challenges, I think education is also critical during this period to try and make sure that, you know, end user groups are aware of, of the benefits and, and, uh, and the opportunities and the differences, as you mentioned earlier, uh, among all these the solutions that are coming to the marketplace. And, and what can we expect uh, from BioConnect in 2021 and beyond? 
we've been following your company for, oh gosh, 15 plus years. And it's been very interesting to see how you've grown and pivoted and, and followed the marketplace so well. What, what can we expect next? I think one of the big themes, certainly from us next year, is going to be uh, is a data-based one. Uh, we're looking heavily at what we can do with our integrations across access control systems, onto mobile phones, into digital spaces, uh, across devices. What what can we do to help our customers with predictive analytics? Um, how can we apply some of our AI technology and uh, and our access to sort of a standardized data source across um, so much of the access space. How can we create some tools that allow people to make uh, decisions faster and cheaper in the access control space and, and really want to get to a place where the conversation shifts to, you know, how can I do more with an algorithm <clears throat> rather than uh, feeling a need to uh, have to start replacing existing hardware in order to get uh, enhanced functionality. So for us, um, data is certainly going to be a way that we try to drive value forward next year. I think uh, some of that as well connects, obviously, uh, I've spoken a lot about privacy and compliance. That's going to be um, high on our, our list of, of new tools as well. Um, and mobile is, is the other focus for us, uh, looking at what we can do to push forward some of those functions I've talked about earlier in involving users uh, directly in access control uh, and um, what we can do to create new flows out to end users, um, allow self-service, and uh, and look at how we can push forward mobile as a as a credential alternative to really safely and securely get people into spaces. Wonderful. And how can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about all the things that we've discussed during this episode? Well, you can connect with the company directly by going to bioconnect.com. We've got uh, material and. Uh, options there to uh, to really help you understand solutions and how to put them together and uh, what would work well for you. And if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, I, I can be reached by email at uh, cgibson at bioconnect.com. So please, uh, please reach out. Always happy to uh, uh, look for, for new opportunities in the market. Courtney, as, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today and uh, look forward to our next conversation. Thanks very much, Peter. Me too. And I uh, hope everyone stays safe and uh, has a fantastic start back in 2021. And so concludes our interview with Courtney Gibson, CTO and CISO of BioConnect. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit bioconnect.com. And to read about the 2020 Fine Biometrics Year in Review, including our expert analysis of the survey results, visit findbiometrics.com. I'd like to thank Courtney for joining us on today's episode of ID Talk, and thank you to Peter O'Neill for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.